And welcome to the uh, Hotline Show here on the uh, 15th of February. 15, 10, I give you 10, sorry. Uh, here uh, at uh, 199 Wealthy Avenue on AM 1240. Uh, just as a programming note, as you know, a lot of you do. And we've been doing this uh, schedule for some time now. I've been sitting in for um, uh, former Mayor Jeff Graham and Hotline host for a bit now. And I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Uh, tomorrow uh, will be uh, Mayor Jeff Smith for Thursday and Friday. So I like uh, uh, you know letting people know. And, of course, no uh, uh, schedule changes this week. Jeff isn't leaving town. So needless to say, uh, uh, we'll, we, we'll have uh, the mayor on uh, uh, tomorrow. So anyway... Uh, I, it, we've been talking about flying objects, and uh, it's it's funny, not for nothing, but if you listen to either this show or certainly the Live at Five show, it's almost a prequel to what you'll hear later on on the same night on, yes, you guessed it, the Tucker Carlson show, because, again, it's 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 not it's not, um, it, it's not brain, rocket science when, when the biggest stories are what's happening in the world. But yesterday we covered the bases with, uh, you know, what's flying in the air, and the other big, big story, what happened in East Palestine, Ohio, right at the border of Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh. And uh, just uh, just uh, unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. And while saying all that, our, not, not to you know, pile on once again uh, on the uh, transportation secretary, Mr. Pete Buttigieg, otherwise known as Mayor Pete, but uh, people are outraged, I mean, incensed with, the, with his rhetoric yesterday or two days ago. When it, as, instead of addressing this horrific issue that's going on for that, that small town there, where people just don't have any answers and dogs are dying and some guy uh, was raising fox uh, in his, uh, on his uh, uh, land and uh, they're being very, very different as a result. I mean, animals sense something's wrong with the environment when it, when it happens. They, they, they say they'll sense uh, an earthquake is about to happen. So crazy, crazy stuff. And yet... Pete Buttigieg was talking about equity in America and yet made a comment about what happened in the University of Michigan as if this, you know, Secretary of Transportation has anything to do with with an event like that. While at the same time, uh, there was um, there was a derailment of serious chemicals uh, that when mixed together. Um, you know, carcinogens are now in the air and certainly in the water uh, there in that location. And he doesn't seem to be really faced by that. Just yet another example of the Biden administration gone wrong. And yet, if this accident had happened under you-know-who, as I speak, I uh, sound rather like uh, Whoopi Goldberg, you-know-who, uh, this they would be outraged. And they would say, this is just a product of you know greed and, and corporate America, and the, and the president doesn't really care about these people. You don't hear anything like that. So that's that. But that said, uh, before I get to the phone, someone's calling in right now. Our own Sandy Sheets. That's right. Uh, you don't want sand in your sheets. It, uh, actually, on her way to work today, coming from the Copenhagen uh, direction, location, looked up in the sky. Look up in the air. It's a plane. It's a, whatever. And she took a picture of what I don't know what the heck it is. Now, Johnny Spisano says it's a plane. Probably is. But it was in the direction of Fort Drum, and it looked odd. It almost looked like some white image in the air. It almost looked more or less like the space shuttle. But you really can't tell. And the reason why I bring it up it's because a lot of people are looking in the skies these days. So let's thank our friends over there at uh, United China for sending us a lovely, lovely uh, balloon uh, two weeks ago. And now, since then, not only are we seeing things in the sky, we're shooting them down. And then, of course, now everyone's looking in the sky. One important thing to note, 
And I think this is very, very important. I was just listening to this very radio station. When the report came that they, the actual uh, launching of the balloon that ultimately went over the contiguous United States two weeks ago now uh, was actually uh, the, the United States military knew about it the moment it was launched from central China. In other words, they knew this was coming. This, this was no surprise. And I find that very intriguing. First of all, I find that I like knowing that our government knew well in advance what was coming across the big Pacific Ocean. Why they allowed it to continue, well, that's, that's, I guess that's their prerogative. Is it compromise? Is it just let's wait and see? We don't know. But I'm comfort, I'm, I'm, I feel a lot better knowing, because I know we have the technology, we can rebuild him, uh, to, uh, to do things like that. So, again, once again, the government did, our government did know right from the beginning and was, was trailing or was kind of like following the trail of that balloon as it was launched from, from China and then uh, proceeded to go over the northern continent and came down over, over Montana. So that's, that's comforting in a way. Why we didn't do anything prior to that, I don't know. But uh, someone knows a heck of a lot more than I do. So I'm just going to give the, uh, the Biden administration the benefit of the doubt. But the one thing I will not give ben- or any type of any kudos to at all is this Mayor Pete kid. And I call him a kid because he looks like he could barely shave. And for him to come out with comments like that, uh, and yet, and still tweet about something that's happening in, in Michigan. Again, they're always on that agenda. Guns are bad, and white establishment is, is equals guns and, and cops. That's, that's all they want to say. When it comes to a mushroom cloud over a small town in Ohio, it's not important. It's just not important, folks. Sorry, that's the way it is. Hi, you're in the air. Glenn, uh, I heard on the media the other day, I think it was yesterday, that some of the people were saying that they never realized that chemicals of that sort were going right through their community. And I was sort of surprised by that statement because mm-hmm. chemicals like that and all different kinds of chemicals and all kinds of petrochemicals and all kinds of exotic chemicals mm-hmm. and dangerous chemicals travel through communities all across the U.S. every day and night by train, mm-hmm. by truck, by tanker truck. Mm-hmm. You can be driving on the highway right next to a tanker that's loaded with a very... Um, nasty uh, uh, chemical, and, and by and large, everything travels safely day and night, night and day uh, around the country, but when something does happen, we don't live in a perfect uh, technological transportation society, no. when something does happen, it can be very, very nasty, and it's, mm-hmm. very, uh, it's very sad for what's happened to those people out there, but for them to make the comment that they never knew those things went through their, their town, is, uh, I, I find it very... Um, uh, hard to um, to understand. I mean, we, the trains go right through Watertown with tank cars every day, every mm-hmm. night. Uh, several in each direction, mm-hmm. uh, northbound, southbound, and we never give it a thought. No. But when something bad happens, then you realize, oh yeah, that stuff is going right through our backyard. Mm-hmm. It's going right through our city centers. It's got to get there somehow. Yeah, it's got. I mean, again, it's a it's a it's a necessary evil in a sense when you when you're transporting, you know, like dangerous chemicals. Um, you know, you got to get it from point A to point B, or the chemicals don't serve a purpose. I don't know what a carcinogen type of chemical is needed for. I don't know if people are putting this in at the bottom of their pools. I, I have no idea. But someone needs it, or it wouldn't be transported. So it's oh yeah, we use we use vinyl fluoride a, a, a lot and a lot of a lot of different uh, applications. And I'm sure we, and you and you know a lot more than than I do. I just I'm I'm looking at the the, the uh, picture of the governor, not not the not to put the guy down and whatnot, 
and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make this a, a partisan issue. Oh, he's a de- I don't even know if he's a Democrat or Republican. But he seems to be really lackadaisical about that. He doesn't seem to really have a, a sense of urgency on this. In fact, in his, during his press conference, at least what I saw last night, he was kind of casual. It's like, oh, nothing's going wrong. No big deal. Pete Buttigieg is testing the air. They don't seem to care. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it, it's when I see interviews with people right from their homes when they were told, oh, go back to your house. And then some of the guy came on and said, these people have been marginalized. Who knows what's wrong with them? Who knows what they've been breathing in for the last 10 days? Um, it's yeah, just a scary it, notion. Those, Serious tank cars, those tank cars travel through all of our communities, yeah. Canada and the U.S., uh, day and night. And, and the same with the, the same with the ships. Mm-hmm. Ships are carrying all those things. And the same with all the vehicles on the highway, the tanker vehicles, the, mm-hmm. co- the tanker container type vehicles that you meet on the highway. You're only just a few feet away from them going seven. Sure. No, I get it. Right. I get it. But here, here's my point. We're, we're, surrounded, we're surrounded by all that stuff, and normally everything works nicely. But when it doesn't, it does. It's a it's a tough time. You're absolutely so that, right. That's all. I, I just wanted to yep. you know share that. that no, uh, I appreciate that, that. These chemicals are are all over the place, mm-hmm. and uh, normally it's uh, we we don't think about it until something happened. Gotcha. Keep up the good work on 1240. Thank you very much. Thank you indeed. All right, so uh, one thing I wanted to add to that, and I think you would agree, and this is what Tucker said, that uh, God forbid this happened in Westchester County. God forbid this happened in Orange County in Los Angeles or somewhere outside Miami in Dade County. Uh, there would be answers to this. There would be probably a bigger setup. But no, just a bunch of Trump voters, you know, just farmers, you know, they don't have much money. In fact, one of the guys said uh, that they said, well, go to a local motel, we'll pay you later. You know, keep your receipts. You know, it's okay. I'm going to go to motels. I'm going to grab my fr- my uh, you know, my family and just walk away from my ranch. Blah blah blah. It's probably my best interest to stay away from the place, right? But uh, oh, just give us the receipts later. It just just doesn't seem to be right. And, and again, here's another question. And, and it's like, is it Pete? Is it is it Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg's? Uh, is it his responsibility? Seems like it is. You know, he's, he's in charge of, uh, of, of what, what, like that gentleman just said, what goes from one t- uh, point to another by way of rail, by way of highway. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he's paying any attention. Hi, you're on the hotline. Hey, Glenn. How's it going today? Hey, I just want to say, you know, again, I fell for it, but you did a very, I got I to gotta commend you for what you did yesterday on the Live at Five show. You did a good job. Well, and what was also, I think, nice in my behalf is, I got off pretty quick and let you in on it just so you didn't lose the call because I thought he was probably waiting on hold. Yeah, he was. And it was so funny because, you know, I, it, it was almost like uh, we're the good old boys. It was like a scene from uh, the, the Blues Brothers or something. Yeah, and, and then in the past I have uh, provided for him and mixed mixed him when he was at the Opera House the last time. Oh. And things, things have changed a bit now. I'm down there now. They've installed their own system. And, you know, after COVID they kind of went to more, I want to say more, more of a unique settings that'll fit in the, that venue the way it is than what they mm-hmm. were doing in the past. Where they were really doing pushing the envelope with national gotcha. acts before, but they do a nice job there. And yeah, his, his band was really good, and, mm-hmm. and they'll be really good again. So, oh. but I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I did want to mention I like it, uh, Mr. Kilohertz that just yeah. uh, the, called in. The last I, caller. I, I think he's a good caller. I'm glad he called. It reminds me of a funny story. Uh-uh. You know, you know, you know your buddy uh, Anthony from uh, you know Demarco, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Dimaselli. Oh, Dimaselli. Sorry. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's all. Demarco would have been an old one, and that wouldn't even his real name anyway. It was Mitchell. All right, whatever. It doesn't but anyway, matter. Going, going back to Anthony, his his father Charlie, who I don't know if you knew, used to always have 
the newest, best computer. And this is like when computers first came out, you know, like when Windows 95 and all yeah, that type of thing. got it. New. And so he went over to Radio Shack, and they were selling IBM at the time. He bought the biggest, hugest computer. And he came over, and he started telling us, and, and he was throwing off terms like kilowatts, you know, just throwing off things that were right. gigawatts, you right. know, just things out of Back to the Future. It always makes me laugh when someone says, like, kilohertz, because he was saying gigawatts and just whatever it? it happened to be. But right. he had the biggest, baddest computer of all time at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty comical that, you know, now this guy's saying kilohertz, and it makes me think of that funny story. Hmm. Wow! But here, my my, predi- my <laughs> prediction the other day that I'd heard was correct. That this uh, it wasn't prediction, but the early breaking news on it. Yeah. The balloon that they found the parts for had um, self destruction um, technology. Which it. which Probably one didn't work? Which one? The first balloon they first one they shot down. Oh you know? oh, I didn't I mean, know that. that so yeah, no, it had self destruction. It had self destruction technology and it had AI technology. It was on the news, like right after I said it. If you'd watch the CBS News afterwards, but they're going over it very light. Hmm. Now, the one theory, I've listened to a little Glenn Beck today over on the other station. Yeah. And it just seems to be the, the oil pipeline over of Russia that's been destroyed. Yeah. Now it's looking as though, um, you know, this is conspiracy, but this might just be something that the U.S. is throwing out there to kind of take the heat off. Mm-hmm. It's more of an investigation than that, because it, it's starting to look as though it's something we might have done, but we, we didn't do as, you know, representing the United States, but through black ops, through through the United States. Okay. What do you, have you heard about that? No, I have not heard of that. No, I have not heard of that theory at all. I'm sorry. I missed well, out on that. you watch some Tucker tonight, it'll be right on I'm it. sure. I'm well, day ahead on that, so yeah. you'll watch that. Well, yeah. Right. It's pretty good. You don't listen to Glenn Beck at all anymore? No, I, I do and I don't. I'm, I'm out and about, so I'm, you know, I do, I mean, I, I just, you know, I don't have that opportunity on, like, you know, like, so, but I... I, at, one I, point, I at one point, I thought he'd, like, kind of jump the shark, but... At this point, he really uh, he's sounding more on, on top of like the way things are. His his wild predictions are kind of like true. Yeah, I mean, I was listening. I mean, I I do like. I mean, again, Rush Limbaugh was the best. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I I I try to listen to Dan Bangino. I I don't get into it. I do like Chris Plant here in the morning, right here on AM twelve forty, and I really like Brian Kilmeade. I don't. I mean, one thing. I just just to let everybody know, Brian Kilmeade's show is actually done right after he's done with Fox and Friends. He does that show from Fox News on Sixth Avenue from nine till noon. We get it from two to. I mean, it's on right now, but we get it from two to three. And, and even you know, here's here's what's weird about that, Lefty. Even though that's just a couple of hours, to me, that's still outdated. <laughs> I mean, that's me talking because back in the days, you know, you could look at a story that was a week or two old and read it to everyone as if it's fresh. Now, if the story's over 24 hours, I, I don't even look at it. And to me, it's like well, that, that's, 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 that it's just old. It reminds me of like from from being a paperboy to actually working at the time. Yeah. Back when it was an afternoon edition, and there wasn't a Sunday paper, mm-hmm. how accepting people were to yeah, wait till four or five o'clock to get that newspaper right. and, and read about it and do whatever it was, and also just to look back. And a friend of mine put this up on uh, Facebook a, a while ago because he was a couple years younger than me. He was a paper boy when I was, but yeah, yeah, he still yeah. was when I worked at the Times. And just the amount of responsibility—you're basically a mailman, right? You are, and 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 you're you are paid. Sub zero. I mean, it's not even a tenth of like what minimum wage is. Right. And it's like now, now adults are doing those paper routes, and adults are getting paid for it. It always should have been that way. Sure, I agree. But I tell you what, I, I tell you what, no kid ever did because we were born in a different era. Mm-hmm. Nobody sued the, the Watertown Daily Times and made it a, a, a problem out of it. The same as like you don't see farmers suing. Yeah, you, you just you know, and it, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease on that. But this minimum wage thing is. 
I know. It's going to be the, uh, is, is the end of our economy. Wow, well, that and other things. I got to go, though. Well, I, I got to go. I got to go. I got other calls. I'll give you a better thought on that sometime, but it, right. it's really, it's more the, the raising, the continual raise of minimum wage right. that's going to do that. We, you don't need one in a country like ours where right. you know, there's so much, so much work available. Right. Hey, you have a great day now. Bye-bye. No, no, I should do it like how Jeff Graham does it. Hey, I got to go. I got other calls, okay? All right. Okay. All right. Sorry, Jesus. Hi, right, you're on the hotline. Oh, Glenn, did you know that was Lefty last night? Or you know, I didn't, and, and I, I didn't and either. I, th- I never picked up on it. That was a riot. That <laughs> you know, what's funny? I'm sorry. I said, does Glenn know this is Lefty? All of a sudden, you said this sounds like one of our callers, right? Our regular callers. Right, right. I, I fell for a hook. <laughs> I had no sick. idea it was him. I thought it was the guy. as if we don't hear enough from Lefty. And here it is. He's calling it as somebody <laughs> I else. It was the guy calling in for the Clayton Opera House. And he says, oh, "Well, I asked him, well, where are you from?" He's like, "Oh, I'm from Toronto." I was like, "Oh, I can't talk about my music because I have copyright in front." I'm like, "What the hell?" And then, as I'm talking to the real guy, I was going to ask him, "Hey, by the way, can you play music from your previous band, or is there some?" I was actually going to ask him that question. Is that when you mentioned Jason going door to door for? Uh, yeah. Petition. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Hi, my name oh, is. That was a can riot. You, can you imagine that? Can you imagine Jason? <laughs> I like Jason. He's a nice. Oh, he's guy. a great guy. Great but guy. I don't think he can be elected. No, uh, we were talking about it today. A couple of really important women I was talking to today, and they will go unnamed. Uh, we were talking about uh, the candidates that that will be running for city council. What say you? Who's running in your world? Uh, any predictions? I don't really have anybody on my list, to be honest. Well, okay, you got. I think Mr. Schoen might run again. Yeah, Ben Schoen. Uh, we already Danny, know. Danny Francis, maybe. No, no, Danny yeah, Francis he's isn't having running. Thoughts about it. No, he's not running. You don't think so? No. He's not running. Sorry. Uh, and the and other gentleman there. Spaziani's already Spaziani, running. Is Spaziani's already running. Yeah. yeah he looks like he looks like the, the landlord from the Honeymooners. I think Lisa would be tough to beat. She's going to get a lot of votes, even though I disagree with her on most issues. Oh, no, Lisa's not running, though. Lisa, Lisa ran, uh, won two. Uh, oh, she's not two, up yeah, for yeah. No, election. she's not. Uh, no, no. But, but here's the question, though. Remember, the mayoral race is open. And we still don't know whether or not current uh, mayor, incumbent mayor, obviously, uh, sitting mayor, Jeff Smith, is, is no, going to— re- know, yeah. We don't know. And if that's the case, is it going to be another Donald Trump, Nikki Haley situation? Wink, wink, nod, nod. Will Sarah Campo Pierce throw her hat in for—or will she wait for Jeff to make a decision? That's, that's what we're all waiting for. That's what we're waiting for right now. Yeah, I'd vote for Mr. Smith again. Would you really? Yes, I would. I, I like a hard-nosed guy in office. Oh, he's a hard-nosed guy, that's for sure. Not he, afraid to ask a tough question. No? He doesn't have to agree with everybody. Do you think, let me ask the question, because let's face it, there was some. There, there were people that were not necessarily attacking Mayor Jeff Smith, but do you think that the, the golf course has made Jeff Smith a better mayor in your eyes and to other people, for that matter? Well, I think he's the only one that spoke up on it. Well, he spoke the up on it. The big rush was my problem with it. What was the big rush right. to get this deal done? Right, right. Well, I here's about the uh, yeah. Go ahead. gentleman that called in for the Clayton. He's from Newfoundland, Mayor. Uh, no, I'm not the mayor. Yeah, the guy yesterday, uh, uh, yeah. Alan Brady, from uh, not to be confused from the guy from uh, The Price is Right, whatever yeah, the name he, is. That's where the Titanic. I know a little bit about the Titanic, if you're interested, Glenn. Yeah, I am. If you got time, uh, yeah. that went down about 800 miles off the coast of Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had about a mile warning before they hit that berg, but uh, 
the captain was not on deck. It was a first mate. I think it was Mr. Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Five minutes before he picked up the call from the lookouts. Wow. Five minutes. Mm. That's one of the great mysteries of the night. By the time he picked up, they didn't have time. They would have been better off plowing right into the That's berg. That's what they said. They, they would have, right into the berg. Right, right. As opposed to, like, ripping the side of the mattress where it got filled up with water for the next two hours. It would yeah, have been better. They had about 20 lifeboats, which could probably get... Capacity-wise, probably 900, a little over 900 people off the ship, and they didn't fill them all. <clears throat> no, they didn't. Mr. Murdoch ended up uh, blowing his head off on the on the deck there. Really? He ended up sinking, I believe. That's a true story. Wow, someone committed suicide before it went under, you're saying? First officer Murdoch. He wow. was on deck when they hit the berg. Captain <clears throat> Smith was in bed. He did come to the deck uh, shortly after that. <clears throat> he was not on deck when they hit the berg. No. But the lookouts had no binoculars, another mystery that night. Hmm. The closest ship was the Californian, about 10 miles away. But for some reason, their wireless uh, man went off there about 11, so they never picked up the calls. But they did see the rockets from their, uh, where they were, about 10 miles, which is very damn close. Uh, The flares, yeah, they didn't react to it. The closest ship was the Carpathia, about 58 miles. They made a run, but they didn't get there on time. Jeez. And uh, Virginia, about 170 miles away, mm-hmm. they made a run, but there was so much ice, they couldn't really go full speed. Mm-hmm. I think that night, the Titanic was going about 26 miles an hour, which is pretty That's good pretty speed fast. Yeah. for a ship about oh, about four blocks long. Yeah, big big ship. In comparison today, it's nothing. Feet. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you this much, and again, this is, this is family legacy story. My grandmother, uh, uh, Nana McNulty, uh, was bumped. From the uh, f- from go- right? yeah yeah coming out of Ireland she she was a twin wow. twin sister and uh, and we heard this story from her twin she died in 1970 at age 81 so she was born in the in the 19th century and um, yeah she was supposed to be coming well eventually she got here but she probably came in on a cattle boat or something but she was supposed to come in on the Titanic she was bumped at the last minute because of uh, wow. uh, the Caprio's character no just kidding. A lot of uh, rich people on that ship, Mr. Yeah. Astor, uh, Mr. Guggenheim, who right. helped the women. The order was women and children first. That was it. No men were allowed on the no. lifeboats. Did you like the movie the, in 97? A little too long for me, Clark. Yeah, too long. They did re-release it, and it made pretty good money. No, yeah, I guess so. But uh, everybody had a gun from the... There was, there was about 50 shots that went off toward the end. There were men trying to rush the lifeboats, what I understand. Wow, so what a horrible They had orders thing. to shoot. If you were trying to get in a lifeboat, to you shoot weren't going to get by the, uh, the upper level people I mean, there. it's a life or death situation. No one wants to be stuck in the middle of anything. I don't care if it was Lake Huron or the Atlantic Ocean. Or it's just that, you know, A lot the, of people didn't believe she was going to go down, but they made a big mistake by not moving when the... They said one one survivor, and it was a male, survived it, and he and he was from the Detroit area, and he said every time someone hit a home run at uh, Detroit Tiger Stadium, it would make that big rush sound, like people would look at the trajectory of the ball and go, ah. and he said the first thing he thought of was the sound of the people when the Titanic went into the ocean, how they were screaming. Yeah, they Just saved all... about seven, a little over 700 people. Yeah, they saved, right, right, right. Yeah, they could have got a lot more. So, was, so we talked about... There must have been other chaos on the, on the deck. It's an 11-deck ship, which tells you... It's about a 90-foot drop from the uh, boat launch to the bottom. Dude, that's the a ocean. long ways. That is a, a long drop, way. yeah. yeah. Well, a awesome. Lot of people, uh, the, the rich people, they, uh, they did not jump on the boat. They helped a lot of people into the boats. And, mm-hmm. Just went down with the ship. Yeah. So, do you think Captain, if, uh, it, 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 honestly, got, oh, go ahead, Glenn. if you think a situation like that happened today in today's hedge fund society, 
where we put China in front of country and we put all these rich people on some type of cruise ship somewhere, similar situation. Do you think they would they would they would react the same way, or they would they treat it just like? Uh, yeah, so There's a lot of different society back then. You had the class society, mm-hmm. the lower class. Oh, you still do. Trust ship. me. I don't think yeah. a lot of them ever got up to the top deck until mm-hmm. they were all oh, the ships or the lifeboats were all gone. They had them locked in down there. Yeah, that's just the way it was back at that time. But mm-hmm. it's still an amazing story, even a hundred years later. Yeah. No, without a doubt. I'll get also somebody else getting Thank there. you, my friend. Uh, good, good talking to you. So that's, uh, that's uh, a little reminiscing about uh, the night that will never be forgotten uh, in uh, 19, was it 19, April 1912. Got to do a break. Uh, we'll be back with more of the hotline after this. The news and Talk Authority. Authority. AM 1240 WATN. Now Bring I know. Oh, wait, wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. What's going on here? Why are we jumping into another break? Why is that happening? I know. All right, so oh, someone's on the phone. I, I got to share the story of this crazy woman in Wisconsin that attacked her attorney. I found this online yesterday. It's just, it's just one of many reasons why today's society is out of it. And I don't know. If Hi, you're in the air. Hey, uh, good afternoon, Glenn. What's happening? You were talking yesterday about the tanker fire, uh, the railroad tanker car fires in Ohio. Yes. Well, I have an app on my phone. It's kind of it's a private members-only app. Okay. Um, it says here in the daytime, um, you you have to protect for three thousand feet initially. Then, we, you know, when you get kind of organized, six point three miles in the daytime and seven plus miles in the uh, evening. Hmm. Now, things out. That was for one tank car. Hmm. So I, my guess would be if I was on scene. You would multiply that those those numbers by the number of cars. I don't know if you'd multiply them by five, but I think they need to be larger. Right, sure. And I see where today where the um, all the environmental group there that's regulating it, they're mm-hmm. allowing people to go into their uh, homes, mm-hmm. but animals as large as as a as horses are dying from it. Amazing. So, Amazing. I think people need to be very careful about moving back into their homes. Oh, you think? I mean, you know, this is, 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 is this this could be the Love Canal times a hundred. I mean, we, no one knows. Not to mention, and I hate to spoil people's lunch, but we are on the the other end of the jet stream that comes over that that neck of the woods. So, right. you know, just like we were always worried about, you know, acid rain, you know, from from all the industrialized uh, states like Ohio. And everything that they would, uh, you know, that would go into the uh, atmosphere would come over us. Well, who knows? It's it's been raining the last couple of hours. Who knows what type of chemicals are literally falling in on on our region right now as a result of that? We don't know that for sure. But uh, yeah, right. y- your calculations are probably right. Now, let me ask you, it, based on this app, which I which is amazing, you have an app like that. Um, you know what, what? Why would you say that if if there was such a precaution based on the terms that you just listed, why would they not treat this any more more I guess you know importantly than they have uh, currently or in the last uh, well, week or so? I Glenn, I think it stems from I I brought up a little bit about it because it, it interests me, and um, when when the incident was first re- reported, um, they didn't even know what what were on these trains. Um, and when it was reported to the state government, um, they they didn't report these chemicals. Hmm. Um, it goes down to a basic 
Um, you know, one of the first things you do when you arrive at a fire scene is do what they call you walk around it mm -hmm. to see what's on the other side. Hmm. Um, I've seen where a trailer fire, and you can't put the trailer fire out because it's a 275-gallon tank full of kerosene. That's, that's what you're trying to put out right. the wall right. because nobody walked around the building. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. They did do a, a, their assessment was very poor. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, would, would it surprise you that you know, there would be some ill effects from the people that live there, if not now, maybe months and or years from now? I mean, now that we're seeing well, dogs dying? they're already seeing some of the effects now with the fish dying and all the animals that are dying. Right. The uh, sad, you know, I mean, you know, when, when you see an animal as big as a horse, their respiratory system and everything is a lot larger than ours. Right. So you can see how fast it affected the horse. Mm. Um, but sometimes with these chemical spills, like you mentioned, Love Canal, yeah. you, you don't see these results for five, seven, or however many years exactly. before the cancers or whatever it is mm -hmm. start to, you know, the, they get grow big enough and nobody's look, you know, sure. looking for it. But, you know, this, these chemicals will infiltrate every crevice and it's, they have to be inside these houses, <clears throat> these chemicals. <clears throat> and of course, the worst part is it was five of the rail cars and not one. And I don't think they're using a multiplier <clears throat> to see the intensity sure. of uh, what is happening. So would, would this come down to like, if, if, if based on what you're saying, it's like no one should get within a couple of miles of this site and anyone that lives there, essentially those houses should be raised over the next couple of weeks and or months because this is this is in essence becoming a, a little bit of a, a Chernobyl. Am I correct on that? Well, um, EPA says that they're going to be monitoring everything and they're saying the railroad company, uh, was it Northern... Yeah, Norfolk or yeah, Virginia, yeah, something Norfolk, like that, yeah. yeah. That they're going to have to provide for these people forever. Right. So I think the safe thing to do, they would be better to... Uh, take care of business now because it's going to be more expensive right. to take uh, care of business later. Right, right. Um, you can put this fire out with what they call copious amounts of water, which is large water volume. Mm. To flush it out. But you can't have you can't have any. You have to contain all the water, which obviously you can't. Mm, right. And they haven't. Um, they dug a trench mm -hmm. that the chemical was supposed to run in and then burn off the runoff in a trench right but um it was porous soil which means it's going to run through the soil right they, right you know probably didn't have time to line it with with clay oh geez no but, of course not. um so let they'll, me they'll be chasing they'll be chasing that that chemical forever so let me ask you did the did the governor make the right choice and by burning off what essentially was going to burn off anyway did they do it right in your opinion well i would have to say that um, should if the if the tanker cars would have exploded on their own, right. the shrapnel from the cars hmm. and the chemical would have dispersed in, in a much wider volume. Interesting. Uh, you know, it all would have gone up at once instead right. of going off. Because what they tried to do was a gentle right. um, burn off. Hmm. Yeah, so and that, yeah. I think that was the best decision that. 
I'm, I'm sure more than just the governor was in on it. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah. that was probably proper. He's a weird-looking guy, by the way, just for the record. I mean, every time I look at him, he's like five foot nothing. He looks like a Mayor A. Beam from the 70s back in New York City. But anyway, he's got a lot on his shoulders. Uh, and so I, I just I pray for everybody involved that uh, this this thing uh, is is uh, is remedied. But at this point, it looks like no one should be living within that uh, that uh, circumference for at least a couple of months before they figure this out. So, but right. th- that's that's what they were talking about last night, have being marginalized by being back in their homes. Sir, thank you very much for that uh, incredible analysis of what's going on there in Pal- East Palestine, Ohio. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Smart people, man. There's a lot of smart people. So this defendant, on tri- this woman, 25 years old, she's on trial for murdering her... her let me explain to her. her. name is... She's got the craziest name, too. Her name is Taylor Shabiznes. She sounds like a, a rap star. Shabiznes. I'm probably not saying that right. It's S-C-H-A business. Shabiznes. Probably spelled or pronounced differently. But anyway, uh, she was in Brown County Circuit Court because of her attorney wanted to uh, request a two-week delay for her murder trial. Um, so anyway, but she starts attacking her own attorney. Now, she, she is in court right now. According to reports, she brutally murdered her lover, 25-year-old Shad Thyron, a year ago. They were engaged on a meth-infused embrace. This happened in uh, just last year. She allegedly choked the victim with a chain and would not relent, even as he was turning purple. This is all written here on, on Jeff uh, Glenbeck.com. After she discovered that her boyfriend was dead, she allegedly began. She abused his body, and I won't even say what she did, because this is a family show and it's bad enough that I'm. But this happened. She then began dismembering the body after he was dead, obviously, and using a bread knife again it's again that's i think that's all you really need to know this woman is off the rails so i shared this with a friend of mine and it's like you know there are certain people in the world i mean you talk about the death penalty you talk about just bad people in general i mean there's a scene from a there's a scene from a Samuel L. Jackson movie. And, of course, you know, you know you, anything with this. Very rarely do you see a, a feel-good movie with Samuel L. Jackson, right? And he's living in poverty. You know, he's playing a card game. And, he, you know, he's, he's, being, he's trying to be reasonable with a guy that owes him money. And the guy's on the other side of the, of the, uh, of the poker table. He says, I'm not going to give you money, you Emma Effer, you know, all this stuff. Just, be, just you, you're gonna bring it up in front of people, make me look bad. I say, I don't care about you. I, I'm not gonna give you your money. And 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 then, you know, again, not that I would condone this, and it is a movie, and it never happened. <laughs> but Samuel L. Jackson's character at that point just looked at the situation. He was being humiliated. The guy owed him money. He was disrespecting him, and he just shot him. <laughs> and again, this is probably a Quentin Tarantino movie, whichever. And I wouldn't. I'm not saying that's the. But sometimes you just look at low lives. Someone that just is, you know, just got out of prison and, you know, they're, they're, they're no good. You know, you killed your husband, you dismembered his body, or your boyfriend, you choked him to death, you cut up his body, you fed parts of it to other animals, and now you're attacking your, 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 your attorney. This is a colossal waste of time. There's billions of people in the world. There are some people that just shouldn't live. This is one of them. Why are we spending tens of thousands of dollars on a criminal trial, delaying it by two weeks as if that's going to make a difference? She's going to claim that it was self-defense or some horse crap like that? 
Check it out. It's on, uh, whatever. It's on the blaze. Terrible woman. And you know what? Not a bad-looking woman. And she, and she just attacked him for, for no reason because he was trying to delay. He was trying to do it in the best in, interest of his own client. Look where it got him. Anyway, let's, we got to do a break. Thanks for that call. Good calls today, as always. Let's see if we can get this right. I got to play something here because these breaks are all screwed up. Uh, and we'll be back after this. North Country Family Health Center would like to remind you. 1240 WETN. Welcome back. We, got, we do have some good news. Um, Assemblyman Scott Gray, Ken Blankenbush, and State Senator Mark Walzik signal support for the multi-purpose Thousand Islands Event Center. That's the one that we talked to Joe Bartlett about this past summer. That they, you know, that's been planted in the in the works at least uh, for the town of Houndsfield, right out right on the other side of where Bosey's is, on Route Three towards Sackets. So that story, this story rather, is our news junkie as we speak. The proposed facility will be over 520,000 square feet and offering sporting activities. Gray and Walzik are both ranking members of the State Senate and Assembly. Tourism, parks, arts. I didn't know that. We believe the project is exciting for the prospects of recreation and entertainment. You think? Of course it is. 520,000 square feet. I can't believe I'm even reading that. And when Joel Bartley came down here, Sat right next, right, right here in this studio. This is going to happen, and so uh, you know you can throw all your support at it. When are they going to start building the darn thing? That's the main thing. And other things on News Junkie, spell with a big fancy dot com. Dip 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 day. Uh, I know someone said the other day, why do you do that? Oh, and also I have a fan out there who wants me to sing more often on the hotline and live at five shows. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, it's, it's one of those things, I mean, I, 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 again, you know, I, I think everyone sings at one point or another in the shower, in your, the car is the best place. The car, a vehicle has the best acoustics. Everything is cushioned, you know, everything is soft and you, no echo in a car. That's why many people who do blogs or just talk about CRT and how, how, how white people are evil, they'll usually do that on TikTok or Instagram inside their car because it just, it just looks great. They could sit there, they could do their pregnant pauses. You know, you watch libs of TikTok, and there's usually some school teacher there with orange hair or something or purple hair. I said, "Well, I had a, I had a, I had a student the other day come up to me, and he's a boy, and he, you know, I teach second grade, and the boy comes up to me, and there's a long pause, and they have to wait and think about it. And he came up to me, and says, Miss Debish. I go, that's not my name. You don't call me by that name. You know what you call me by.' And he says, Miss Debish, which really infuriated me. Why do you look like a man? And then I just lost it. Libs of TikTok, try it out. Check it out. This is the site that AOC wants abolished altogether when they had the hearings on the Hill last week. Why are you allowing this to happen? Why was this? And all Libs of TikTok is is just a portal for things that are already on TikTok and other social media platforms. That's how boneheaded that bimbo is from Queens and the Bronx. Everyone loves her, particularly... You guessed it, educated white girls from suburbia. I don't know. I don't can't figure it out. I don't know. I don't know, Sonny. I don't know. The baby's crying. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the train derailment and fires out in Palestine, Ohio. Yeah. Has anybody noticed the really beautiful sunsets we've had since then? Wow. Are you saying that because of that, we're getting better sunsets just in the last couple of days as a result of that? Sure. Wow. 
It's the same with like forest fires out west and stuff. We will be affected by the sunsets, and you see beautiful sunsets whenever there's, you know, within a few weeks whenever there's a forest fire out west. So it, it again, it's kind of like misguided though, because it's like you know a scene out of. Uh you know, the, uh, the Wizard of Oz, when it looked like snow, but they were throwing asbestos on them. You know, right. oh, isn't that lovely? Look at the snow coming down, but it's right. killing you. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. Right. So, anyway, has yeah, anyone... Very, very badly for everyone out there, but yeah, I probably... How about us? Come... You should start feeling bad for us. This jet stream well, travels this way. Probably, uh, they're, they're more directly affected, and it's... Oh, without a doubt. ...an immediate without love canal for them. Yeah, it is. So, you do know, you... we'll, we'll be getting colds and things years from now, wondering how we got that virus in the middle of the summer or something. Right, you know? right. And they'll yeah. just say, oh, you're just one of them. You're an election denier. You're one of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Thank, yes, you too. Thank you. Interesting. I'll, you know what? There's so many reasons to look at the sky to see what's out there, especially balloons. So, and, but now I'll, I'll look at the sunset tonight. It's been, it's been really lovely out there, but maybe it's, uh, who knows? Maybe it's, it's, it's not good. Uh, you know, don't look at it. Karen Allen, remember at the end of uh, at the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Don't look at it. Don't don't open up your eyes. I won't. I won't. Seven five five twelve forty is a number. Seven five five twelve forty is a number. If you want to chime in, love to hear from you. Uh, other local stories. We talked about what's going on and uh, what the prospect, at least, for that recreation center. I will. I've been going back and forth with the with Mark Walsick's people. We will get Mark on here. We wanted to talk to Mark about the cogeneration plant that they're thinking about shutting down on Fort Drum uh, and that Senator Gillibrand's been in the news about lately. Uh, but we just haven't lined up uh, a, a right time. You know, Mark, obviously a busy man. He's a state senator. So this time of the day, it's tough to get a hold of him. So we'll, we'll get that done. Since uh, Mark has been, uh, actually, I've never spoken to Mark since I came back here. It's been almost two years, by the way, since coming back on AM 1240. But now that Mark is officially our state senator, we we, we got to work out some type of uh, schedule so we could talk to Mark on a on a semi regular basis to see what's going so what's going on. Um, you know, I mean, God God bless Mark for for being a state senator, being a Republican, being a conservative with conservative North Country values. It's a tall hill to conquer down in Albany as a minority, though. But maybe Mark has uh, a, a different uh, you know look at it. I'm sure he does. Or he wouldn't be where he is right now, but uh, it's it's a tall order. It's the same thing, of course, with uh, with Assemblyman Scott Gray. You know, no matter how conservative you are and how you reflect the the, the region where you're from, it's you're still dealing with downstate politics, and it's just it's a major problem. Which is why Lee Zeldin is not our governor, and Kathy Hochul is, despite the fact that there's been so many bad things happening in New York State in recent years. It's uh, it, it makes you feel powerless. It really does. I hate, hate to put it that way, but it makes you feel like it doesn't matter what's happening, um, you know, and how you feel about it as as a New Yorker. Um, the, the the platform of wokeness is still supersedes. I still I still just can't get over Pete Buttigieg, our transportation secretary, virtually saying nothing about what happened in East Palestine. And I know stuff happens, and I wish, you know, if this was a, a, a you know, satellite show, I would say something different than stuff happens. But you know what I'm saying. Stuff, I mean, it was an accident. Whether it's Pete Buttigieg as your, as your transportation secretary or someone under Trump or someone completely different. I mean, there's going to be an accident. And by the way, why we're still, you know, why freight trains still look the way they do as they did back, back during the Civil War days, just I don't, I don't get that. 
we're the country that invented the bullet train. Bullet train technology was invented, I believe, out in California back in the 60s. We tested it there or Nevada, whichever. We created the, the bullet train system. And the bullet train system is seen in France or throughout Europe. France loves them. I don't know if England has them. I know they have rails. I know I saw some crappy version of it in Fahrenheit 451, but that's neither here nor there. France loves them. Germany, I don't know. Switzerland, Japan loves them. China, China, China loves them. China loves them. And guess what? The country that invented the bullet train doesn't have one of them. Now, I'm not saying like to transport dangerous chemicals on a bullet train traveling over 200 miles an hour, but we're still, you know, I mean, let's face it. A lot of things have changed in our day. My parents were born in 1927. So let's just go back to 1927, almost 100 years ago, right? A freight train looked a little bit different, but a train track didn't. You know, they still had couplings. They probably had air brakes, probably made right here in Watertown, New York, or Westinghouse, one or the other. And so for the most part, if you saw a train from 1927 to today, the locomotive, the power itself, it's going to look different, but the tracks are still the same. They still make the same noise. They still travel around the same, you know, they're probably a little bit faster now. They're probably more capacity because we've gotten better at that. But let, my point is this. Trains haven't changed. Everything else has other than we're still hauling train, uh, train cars the same old-fashioned way we have for over 150, 160 years. Well, that's not going to be fixed after what happened in Ohio. I get that. But, but the whole, my, here's my point. This, this Buttigieg guy, his head is somewhere else. He doesn't really see the importance of an entire community into a county. Imagine if this happened right here, you know, in the town of Watertown. It would be on everyone's mind. And you said, well, what is the, what is the uh, Secretary of Transportation, what does he say about this? No, he's talking about equity in the construction sites of America. That they don't, you know, there's so many construction sites going on in urban America, and yet the people in charge with hard hats don't look like the people that live there. This, the same day or the same week when a small town is burning and people don't know their future. That's what really gets me. And how they were so insistent, they being, of course, the media during the Trump years, insistent on picking out everything that Donald Trump did, just from, you know, you know picking his nose or, or tying his, shoe stra- his shoestrings wrong. They would, they would jump all over him. But today, something like that, no, we're going to talk about equity. We don't, we don't want to talk about what, whether or not the water has been af- adversely affected in that particular county of the world. doesn't matter. We have to, equity is more important. I have two twin children back at home, and I have to breastfeed them later, so shut the hell up, you racist. Anyway, we're down to about a minute or so. Uh, so if you want to, you know, if there's an event going on in your neighborhood, uh, by all means, give us a shout. I know, I know Jeff always does that. He'll have like, like 10 seconds left. If you want to make a phone call. And uh, you know, I'll keep you up to date on, on Jeff. I, I will be reaching out to, uh, to his brother, Bruce. I know I've said that before, but uh, you know, we're going to see if we can get uh, either Bruce or Endor Jeff on. Uh, he's, things are getting better. Things are improving, and we just can't wait. That, that moment when Jeff comes back, it's going to be a glorious moment. That's for sure. Uh, but, of course, just once again, as a programming note, and I know you guys already know this, uh, Mayor Jeff uh, Smith will be in tomorrow. Maybe Jeff's, uh, Mayor Smith can talk about you know, whether or not he's going to throw his hat in the ring for a second uh, consecutive term. We don't know. We, that, that dynamic, and not to mention the new faces that I've been hearing about that will be throwing in their hat in the ring for city council will be uh, a, a, a part of many discussions uh, upcoming in the upcoming weeks. 
So we look forward to, uh, to that. So that's tomorrow and, of course, on Friday. I'm uh, heard uh, each and every day on AM 1240's Live at 5 show. That's uh, going to be on in about four hours. So tune in then. We have uh, Attorney Joe Stanley in like we always do each and every Wednesday here uh, at uh, 199 Wealth Avenue. Up next, of course, CBS News, folks. Uh, have a good one, and we'll see you at 5 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour.